Hey everyone, this is Clay with Nanobot Rock. Welcome to the end of Season 2 of The Mixtape. This is fortuitously timed as we look back on 10 years of Nanobot Rock and share some of our memories. And Greg learns it was the friends we made along the way that were the real reward. We also discuss video game imagery, needy Tamagotchis, Corvallis vs. Eugene, and what makes a good pop song. Songs we discuss include Shirov's Shuru Tumi, Make You Sad by Michaela Slinger, Nothing Without You by Cloud Nothings, and Blueforia's Conscientious Debauchery. This is Nanobot Rock Mixtape. Years, man. Ten years of Nanobot Rock. Isn't that a line from Gross Point Blank? Feels like it should be. But I don't have a pen. Do you have a pen I can borrow? I don't, I don't have a pen on me. When he's in the when he's in the car with with Piven. Anything with Jeremy Piven is amazing. He's just like starts banging on the roof. He's like, ten years. Ten years, man. Ten. Yeah, I does. went crazy. Starts... I went into the army. I became an assassin. My house became a 7-Eleven. Nanobot Rock is ten years old. Very few things in this world last 10 years. Six more years and we can start driving. Mm, 11 and we can start drinking. Wait, do we have to wait 11 years? I don't think I could wait 11 years. I don't know if my liver can wait 11 years. <laughs> but uh, yeah, 10 years, man. 10 years ago, we came up with, a, well, you came up with the idea of, we should like write a blog or something about music. And here we are. Well, I mean, we were already writing about it just in emails back and forth to each other. It was like, hey. We should get these out of email form and into blog form. Looking at you, Temper Trap. So I bought a bought a website, did the little Hello World thing, and moved on from there. And what was the name of that initial website, and why did we have to change the name? I got nothing. <laughs> we didn't why? have to change. We ha- didn't have to change the name, but it, just, it, was, it was something if we wanted, to do with if, some English slang that was inappropriate. Or yeah, something. It, was, it was. We went with Wagnotes.com because I re- I originally had bought the website. Because I was gonna do, just uh, I was gonna do random jokey stuff with history, and like the term "wag" was supposed to be, you know, somebody who kind of tongue in cheek, being funny about stuff. And I was like, well, I I already have the domain. Let's just put it on there. And then I think we did a couple reviews for British bands, and they're like, you know, that this in in Britain, "wag" means wives and girlfriends. So having a website called Wagnotes sounds like we were basically keeping tabs on all of the British, <laughs> like we were keeping tabs on, you know, Posh Spice and, you know, all these other people that I'm like, uh, let's change the name. But well, we, were, but we were, we were, we were Nanobot Rock hosted on Wagnotes.com. Right. It was a subsection kind of, of, of Wagnotes.com. And then we, we migrated everything over to, to NanobotRock.com and here we are 10 years later do you have any time go do you have like a a profound memory or like a favorite moment of the 10 years like just something first thing that comes to mind that over the 10 years one thing that you just go damn like that that was that was something that'll stick with me (laughs) no (laughs) no i mean not really like i I don't mean to be the stick in the mud but (laughs) You know what, Greg? You just you realize that it's it's the friends you make along the way that you know friendship was was the real treasure. 
<laughs> wow. Pandering, pandering, pandering. No, I, you know, I look back on it. I, I mean, got one three the, t-shirts. <laughs> one of the, uh, one of the things that like we, we wrap our arms around here at Nanobot Rock is, is Tree Fort Music Fest. And I, we'd be remiss if we didn't say that Tree Fort has been a huge part of Nanobot Rock just from the joy of musical experience live to, I mean, we both have it. I know we're not on camera right now, but behind us, we we both have our proudly displaying our, our press passes of, yep, of, uh, from the Tree Fort years, the many years that we've gone through. But I, I think back to like Charles Bradley, the Screaming Eagle of Soul, like the, that was a, an amazing moment at Tree Fort. TV on the radio, man. Dave Sytek up there with the chimes on the end, on the neck of his guitar that he was playing and just the TV rate on the radio live, RJD2, which was a, a big part of our friendship and musical discovery even before we had Nanobot. We got to see him live at Tree Fort. Yacht, um, who we reviewed on this website. Yachts, and then so many more. I mean, we wa- we've watched the Still Tide grow, and I know that we've covered them in the mixtape before, and uh, we watched them from this just, it was a three-piece band that came into the brunch and played, um, making friendships like Matt Hopper, and just discovering so, so, so much music that, I mean, I'm not going to get out here and say that there's one band that was the favorite discovery of the 10 years. I can't do that. But you look back at the Dead Sarahs, you look at the, God, I don't, uh, the worldly music we've entertained and, and listened to and the friendships from around the world. Like there's, there's just so much that I'm like appreciative for almost every moment. Personally, it's, it's been something I cherish and I, I can't see myself wanting to stop doing. Very well put, sir. And I, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think anytime that we, you know, would write an article or somebody loved what we did on this mixtape podcast and actually like took the time to write like, oh my God, what you guys meant, like what you guys did meant so much to me. Like that, that is my emotional currency right there. So that's always what I appreciate the most out of these episodes. And then I think for me, it's listening to a band, writing about them, kind of developing some of that friendship and then turning around and getting to see them live. Um, yes. Like, I mean, I'm, th- I'm thinking of, you know, I mean, we've already, we've covered Curious Quail and Renton Tiger, you know, when I went to go see th- them in San Jose, but Picture Atlantic, Picture Atlantic, but then even seeing Idola a couple of times or like we brought up Yacht a few minutes ago. Um, those are the ones that are sticking out to me the most, but yeah, just, having those moments to be able to see them play and then interact and even get like hugs from the band. Like I, I made a joke on Twitter at the time that Idola was, uh, had the best hugs in the business. Like they're just, they're, they're the nicest guys. And that's, that's another thing. Like, and you bring it up, but it's like Matt Hopper, Matt Hopper and the Roman candles to see him perform. I mean, he's, he's an incredible musician, but like at the brunch and having those opportunities where he'd just come and he'd sit next to us and have breakfast and we just talk and just when you meet these bands, you know, New Madrid got to hang out with them before one of their shows at the Neurolux here in, in Boise a few years back. Um, Matt Hopper, just all these guys, when you when you interact with them, pretty much all of them are just these completely down to earth, really nice, really appreciative people. Granted, they're Wait, you're saying, you're saying the, musicians are people too? Musicians are people too. But I, I, we, I still get like... Maybe starstruck's the wrong word, but I still get just 
excited when I, I like, You're I love so wonderful. You, you, you created this amazing thing. I just love yeah. you. But one of the things, and it's kind of what you brought up is, is one of the things that I loved most about this, doing all this is, um, and, and to be completely candid, a lot of times when we write a review or we talk about a song, we dive into it, whatever we get this, we get the same phrase back from the artists or they share it on social media. You don't even and need I'm, to say no, the phrase and no. I already know it. I already know it. I'm not. No, it is not kind words. Oh, um, it's, it's these the guys get it. That's the other oh. phrase. No, it's these guys get it. And while I'd like to sit here and say, yes, I do. <laughs> I don't know what I get, but I love music. And if somehow we, we quote unquote, get it, it's just the music and the artists are constructing it in a way that we just simply put the words to it and and we're just we're explaining how it makes us feel so that aligns it's not about getting it at all but what what i love is that they think that apparently we get it which is cool i i like getting things um but then ultimately we get a message or an email or you face to face see somebody and they say hey I heard this or I read your review on this and I went and got the whole album and I love it. And that to me, that, that connection where we take the music, we say, here's what we think on it and someone else discovers it and loves it. That is what keeps me going all the time is that if somebody out there goes, Oh, I love that song or, Oh, I love that record because I found it through you guys. You turned me onto something new. That to me is, is what nanobot, that that's the lifeblood of nanobot and that's that's what keeps me going is because it's it's the same reason that like you said we exchanged emails about oh have you heard this have you heard that and then you know one of us will go oh that was really great now i'm going to listen to more of it it's that on a much larger scale and that that to me is that's the beauty of the last 10 years and all those people who said no that sucks move on to the next song you know what you just go away we don't want to talk to you anyway right. so there you have it we're both coming from it we're both coming from it from different angles at it coming at it <laughs> we are both coming at it from different angles we are but we arrive at the same place these crossroads i'm not going to get prolific on this it's all right <laughs> these crossroads take me home country road <laughs> oh this beautiful sentiment has spiraled into joking cynicism that's what i'm here for well this being the 10th anniversary of Nanobot Rock. Covering local and independent music from around the world. <laughs> Stop stealing my lines. And uh, this being actually the end of season two of the Nanobot Rock mixtape. Because of some arbitrary lines we drew in the sand that will say this is the end of a season. This is the beginning of a season. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out why we're going to end on uh, the 37th episode. But whatever. Because it's what we do. We keep you on your toes. That's why. I don't like ending on prime numbers. If it made sense, we'd be Billboard or Pitchfork. Go listen to them. No, don't go listen to them. Please keep listening to us. <laughs> Just kidding. We're not really doing anything uh, other than what we always do, which is we've got four new tracks and we want to share them. And uh, I would like to say that they have something to do with the 10th anniversary, but they're not looking back. They're looking forward. See, see what I did there, Clay? Although no, that's, I'm, sorry, that's, I'm, I'm sorry, I was writing something down. What did you say? Exactly, but it, to look back, to not look, to look forward, to not look back is is kind of. I'm about to infuse some hypocrisy into that statement because our first track on the 
last episode of the February mixtape is from somebody who I came to appreciate their art many, many years ago, and we've shared it on Nanobot Rock. But we are talking about Sharov's Shudu Tume. Bhattachara, the writer, co-lead singer of the Bombay Royale. And here's where the hypocrisy of Greg comes in, because I am looking back. The Bombay Royale was an 11-piece Australian blend of Hindi, Bengali, and English interwoven with influence of 60s and 70s Bollywood sounds. It is big. It is vibrant. It is immeasurably entertaining and awesome. That's a story for another time, the Bombay Royale. You can definitely, and I encourage you to go check him out. But Sharov Bhattachara has, uh, is going by his first name, and he is uh, a writer, like I said, co-lead singer of the Bombay Royale, but he's a producer as well. And he is releasing a five-song, or has released a five-song EP, uh, self-titled. And as he explains, it's hip-hop meets the harmonium. The it's direct from the suburban jungles of Melbourne via the crumbling laneways of Kolkata. Calcutta for us uh, anglicized bastards. <laughs> wow, you just you just struck right at it. Bastard is uh, bastardized anglicization. The song Shudutumi is Banglish. It's that Bengali English blend, it, and it forms club beats anchoring a vibrant blend of Bengali lyrics synthesized through harmonies and these poppy hooks that was one. And I I just couldn't help but want to throw this into the mixtape because of the, the energy and just the, I keep coming back to it, but the vibrancy of his sound and everything that he has crafted and how that translates into this new EP that he's released. Thanks, Greg. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) I'm very fascinated, Clay, to know what your thoughts on this track were. I mean, what's what's left to cover? I mean, it's you've you've nailed all the points on this that I could even think to to go on. So why don't I just double down on some more of it? Um, you get it. I get it. <laughs> Nanobot rock. These guys get it. Yeah, I, just everything about the song is. It's going to sound incredibly trite to call it a party in a can, because <laughs> you just. I mean, you listen to this beat this beat that Shurev is putting down. And the only thing it can make you want to do is just jump up and down, which which is uh, incredibly difficult if you're listening to this in a car, for example. But, God, I don't know. Like You've said so much about the song already that it's really, really hard to come up with something different and, and new for this. This song is just, it's got such a positive energy about it 
like I said, you 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 just you want to you want to bounce to this thing, and a lot of that is those hooks that you that you mentioned that are in it. And I'm assuming that you that you picked this uh, not just because of the Bombay Royale, but because of you know the horns, because we all know that you love the horns. <laughs> we do gravitate to the horns, but just those the, the the pops that those horns do, you know, in the if you want to call it the chorus or whatever it is, but just like this this hook that that is inherent throughout the song, it's got so much bounce and pop and punch to this song that it's. <sighs> I, I can't even talk about like what what type of energy it has. Like it's just it's. There's a lot of times that I get frustrated talking about music because it's it's kind of like trying to say, describe the color blue. Like I I know I say this all the time, and this song is just it's it's honestly one of those ones that's like you just need to listen to it to understand how it gets its hooks into you. The cosmic fools decide. Ooh, you and me, let's dance together. Mila Jabu Waka You and me, let's stay together. and the track arrived in Anabot Rock, it was definitely, it, it caught my eye because of the Bombay Royale. I'm a big fan of the Bombay Royale and everything that they put together. Um, they've got fantastic mu- uh, music videos as well. But that was what originally caught my eye. And then I thought, okay, if he is putting together this five-track EP, how is it going to translate from what I appreciated so much from this cult monolith 11-piece Australian sound to him doing just a five-track EP? I am not in the least bit disappointed because like you pointed out, Clay, there's just, it's, it's almost like describing the color blue in that you really need to experience it to understand it. And I think if you do that, I don't think you'll be disappointed. And I I wanted to put this out there. I know that the Bombay Royale and all of the Bombay Royale that Nanobot had done was largely gravitated around me. That, that, that really didn't involve a whole lot of you with that, but I, I wanted to, throw this at you in this sound because I wanted to hear kind of what your thoughts on it were. And it sounds like it completely landed in the sense that you, even though it is that Banglish fusion, it totally hit home for you. Like you, you just, you really gravitated to the the beats and the horns and the, the layers and the, and the, the hooks in it. And so that makes me happy on, on a few things. One, I'm not entirely crazy for all of my just diehard appreciation of this sound. Um, caveat there's other things i'm crazy about but that that there's such a just appreciation for those who may not have experienced the bombay royale before or this sound before that that it just it landed really well with you as well so i'm 
it made me happy. But tell me more about somebody who experienced this through the eyes of a Bombay Royale in that you're kind of going from this, you bring it up, you've brought it up a couple times here, this monolithic 11 piece group to now it's one guy, his voice and a turntable. How do you process that funneling of the sound? Sure. Well, and and so as I pointed out, the the, the Bombay Royale really, I mean, it, it gravitated to that kind of surfer guitar 60s, 70s Bollywood sounds. So there's there's the 60s, 70s undertones to so much of it, but it's a huge sweeping cinematic experience. I mean, even the music videos are, they're, they're these huge stories that are happening. And, you know, there's the, like each band member has basically a cast name, the captain and all these other names that they, they include. And um, they're, it's beautifully arranged. It's very big, tons of horns, guitar, the drums, the, the breakdowns, everything is just, it's a huge, almost audible cinematic experience, if you will. I mean, it, it gives you these visions that it's hard not to miss what they're trying to achieve. When Sharov went to the five song EP, when he, when he went into the studio with him, you know, his, his mindset and his focus, it shifted much more, like I said, into those club beats that anchor that vibrant blend. There's hints of it, of what made the Bombay Royale such a just gravitating sound, um, and rightfully so. I mean, he was the co-lead singer, producer, and, and he wrote a lot of the Bombay Royale. So it's it's in him. I mean, it would be almost Brandon Flowers-ish to completely sever that tie and go into some operatic sound that's nothing like what you had done before. But for him, it, it really brought it to the modern stage. It it took that same sound and it brought it into that those club beats and that very much more present and modern sound, which... It follows that, and I keep coming back to it, the Banglish form of of collection and collective that he's put together, which I love because I love the English lyrics to the the Bengali and and then just the Australian influence of the Indian harmonics almost in a way that that really fuse the sound together. But it's much more modern and it's refreshing in that it's modern, that it has a lot more of those modern beats and just the the concoction is much more present day than the Bombay Royale. But for those who like the Bombay Royale, this is a hell of a step forward um, in in just the next chapter of what becomes of of some beautifully talented musicians all around. I'm not just saying one or two of them was made up the eleven piece. I mean, they, every one of the eleven piece was fantastic, and this is this is another step for one of those members that just I I can't stop listening to it. In, in, it, in its own right. It's not riding the coattails of the Bombay Royale. It's just somebody who came from that great, if you will, almost modern cult classic sound, and now they've got a five-piece EP that I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm on board for sure. That modern dance beat that you talk about, like, it's it's incredibly noticeable in, in the track. You think about, I mean, we grew up in you know, the techno days of the of the heartbeat bass line or the uncis, you know, kind of sound that kind of made, you know, the you know, that the nineties and two thousands sound so like were our iconic of that time. And and this one just has like those just has just wonderful like different time signatures. It it doesn't feel structured and it feels a lot more organic and throwing those those horns that we talked about or the um you know, kind of those Hindi Bengali female backing drifting vocals in the back, or it just it just it creates the entire package. 
And for those who may be new to it, go check it out. Check out Sharov's Shudu Tumi and the five-song self-titled EP, which is out now. funny that you talked about wanting to not look back but look forward and for our next track i feel like we're gonna have to take a little bit of time to look backwards in that we haven't covered this artist before but we have covered somebody who collaborated with this song (laughs) (laughs) who clay who greg's head just went on a swivel that was fun tell me more yeah you got it I'm gonna I'm gonna keep a little bit of the of the connection close to vest at first. Shroud of mystery. Shroud of mystery. But you know how I love to talk about songs about relationships and emotional connections, and none of that is any different with our next artist, Michaela Slinger and her song Make You Sad. intents and purposes this is a great straight up pop song it's not really a slow driving beat it's more of like just a slow stepping pace to the song with you know the electronic percussiveness that just kind of highlights every single note of this song and it's it's the song that uh, Michaela Slinger actually co-wrote with a couple of folks and one of which was uh, two-time Polaris Prize listed Louise Burns from Haley Blaze and her and Louise were kind of combining two stories together, and it was about they were both experiencing different relationship challenges, and they were all about like poor communication. Um, and as she says, eternal misunderstanding and overreaction. 
and it, like if you just if you listen to the lyrics at all like it that that immediately comes to the forefront the second person that she co-wrote the song with was uh the one the only kevy which you may know of his work uh from fake shark which we covered in our august 19th episode mr segway but you'll also know him from his work with uh carly ray jepson which you also remember from that this is dog meme I'm sorry, I'm just taking a moment to process Carly Rae Jepsen coming up in, in the, the mixtape. I need to take a deep breath on that. Okay, don't get angry, don't get angry. Okay. Why are you getting angry, Greg? Carly Rae Jepsen. Anyway. She, she makes you angry? <laughs> no, that'd be a very stupid thing to get angry about. No, and... and Well, I you you brought up and, and you, you mentioned it, but I think it's... You, you dove into the kind of the electronic side of it. And, and I think the thing that it, to me, it's the standout is that dropping needle fuzz analog opening. It's it's setting the needle down on the record and that subtle hiss kind of sound that it comes up with and the, that very analog. And then it's met with that say what you want to have a candid conversation. Doesn't seem like that. It it drops us into this world that's created by uh, Michaela Slinger. You don't want to look away from no matter how real it gets. But oddly enough, despite the namesake, this song does not make me sad. It feels, and you touched on it, it's, it's kind of maybe that pop assembly that, that's put here. I mean, it's this pouring out of her heart lyrics into the superficially feel-good sound that culminates in a deeply beautiful three-minute, what, 51-second track that I, I can't help but feel good about. And then I go and watch the video, and I'm like, I'm torn because I want to feel good, but it makes me sad. So I'm I'm lost here, Clay. I'm looking for a guide through Michaela Slinger's Make You Sad here. So guide me through your thoughts on, does it make you sad? Does it make you happy? Does it make you sad happy? Wait, sad happy? That was another song. Oh, I was saying if you'd pick up on that. Here, here's what I think. This song does not make me sad because, A, I, I have it on good authority, authority that the song was not written for me or about me, as I have Ooh. never met, I have never met Miss Slinger. But that aside, the whole conceit of that of the song being, a, you know, this this miscommunication and that I I didn't mean to make you sad and all of that, everything that she's that she's talking about is just kind of told through a, this prism of kind of almost watching it from from after the fact and like we talked about on a previous episode and now I'm blanking on um, what that one was when when you know that you're approaching a relationship from a place of poor communication you know that it can't last and there's a level of catharsis once you kind of realize that and you can kind of look at it from the outside and see it and you know she mentions that in the line you know like i'm watching this all back on tape and then there's this she kind of throws in this it's effortless and the the, it's effortless isn't about or i should say and I, I, I know I'm kind of approaching this from a really mangled timeline right now. But listening to the kind of the story in the song, there's times when she puts in this word, it's effortless. And tonally, like, it's a really, really cool little transition. You know, kind of the way that, it, that, that, it's, that it's inserted into each moment. And, you know, as, as she kind of puts it, this, this person kind of starts out thinking about kind of trying to describe their, oh, my relationship is so great. It's effortless. To people like we understand each other well it turns out we're not really understanding each other because we're not communicating that great and then kind of things start to unravel and then at the at the end when you're kind of approaching it from that 
prism that I talked about of being able to see it from a different angle. And she's saying that I'm watching this back on tape and it's effortless. To me, it's more of that that effortless kind of trans transcends into it's now effortless to look back on it without all of this emotion that you had associated with with all of that. So to me, so uh, in conclusion, Professor, um, <laughs> it's a sweeping four minute it's, indifference. It's a, is it's what a, you're saying, yeah. <laughs> but it's your your original question was: Did this make me happy or did this make me sad? And the question is: It didn't really do either for me. To me, this was just listening to somebody who was on a journey, and I'm kind of, I guess, I I am happy because I'm happy for them that they've kind of worked their way through this this narrative in the three minutes and 51 seconds that you talked about. Now you rock out on me, that's predictability, and I'm falling forwards. Catch you if I can, say I won't speak again as our sky gets darker. I can't tell you what I want to pretend. brought it up that and i think that for me that association maybe it's a canadian thing because uh, michaela slinger is from vancouver bc um it, it does remind me of favorite daughter's long distance which we had talked about. that's the one i was trying to think of yeah and and it's it's this very realistic conversation about a relationship that ultimately and we jokingly threw out indifference, but at the same time, it kind of reaches that point where you could look back on it with almost indifference. Yes, maybe you're better. Or just closure. There you go. Yeah, closure. You're you're better for the experience in the long run. But, you know, you had to go through this crap to get there. And you kind of look back on it with different eyes after the fact than you did when you were in it. When you're in it, it, it could be painful. It could hurt. Um, you know, didn't mean to make you sad. But when you look back on it, you're like, well... Maybe that was a temporary emotion. And the swelling harmonies of Make You Sad, I mean, it like we've talked about, it does everything but for me. I mean, it, it doesn't make me sad. It's beautifully constructed. It reaches into the depths of emotion and, and pulls light through this darkness that it, it kind of puts a backdrop to. It, it There's this darkness, but then it just starts pulling these lines of light, these little pinholes of light start coming through the song that by the end... You really feel it. And it's it's a very filling track. It it makes you feel a great deal of fullness, for lack of a better term. I I mean if 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 this were a meal, I'm full and satisfied. It it very much rounds itself out and it's and Slinger's voice, I mean the vocals in this are just as captivating as the track on a whole. I mean it's it's just beautifully done. 
uh, from the Vancouver, BC indie pop artist. Yeah, and uh, your your feelings on uh, CRJ aside, um, I think Kevy does a really, really he puts together a really, really great pop song. There there are times that I I, I listen to this song, and when she throws out that it's uh, when when Slinger throws out that it's effortless. Like there, there are moments that I, that I'm listening to the song. I'm like, damn, like, it's almost like in a way you're also almost saying it's effortless. How, like how easily the song came together for them. Like, it's just everything, everything works. And that the pacing of the song, I, I've, I've listened to this a lot while, while walking in the afternoon. And it's like, it's got this wonderful, this wonderful pace to it. And, you know, Michaela Slinger even says like, this is a song that she kind of put together to do while you're doing something solitary, like uh, an early morning or late night walk, a drive or sitting somewhere with a nice view and contemplation. It has that feeling to it and that, and that beat has that kind of like that slow gate step to it. That's, that's got that walk to it. And then like around, I think it's like around the, like the two minute 40 mark, all of a sudden it just untethers itself and like just drifts for a bit you talked about her captivating vocals like they just kind of go into the, like this haunting beauty for a minute while she just kind of drifts through part of the song and then it just it completely comes back down to earth so quickly and it just you know breaks into that final chorus like this is a well-executed song on every front and it, and it comes across almost effortlessly absolutely so go check out make you sad by michaela slinger From Vancouver, BC, we're going to travel all the way to the sprawling metropolis of Cleveland, Ohio. Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. For fans of the Drew Carey Show, that was a throwback to that intro song, which was done by the President's United States. Cleveland rocks, as we all know. And Cleveland rocks even more talking about Nothing Without You by Cloud Nothings. Nothing Without You is from the forthcoming record, The Shadow I Remember, uh, via Car Park Records. And Nothing Without You, for those who aren't familiar with Cloud Nothings, they've, they've been around for a little bit. But Nothing Without You harnesses the prowess and power of Cloud Nothings. 
and explodes. I mean, virtually out of the gates, it just explodes. And this song takes off and it's, does it land? Does it come down, Clay? Does it? It's kind of, I was trying to think of a video game uh, reference of something like kind of like when you hit like Temple a, Run. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Temple Run, you're never on the ground. Um, Duck, dive, dodge, dip, dodge. What the hell was that? Uh, dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. No, it's just, oh, haha. ha. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm trying to think of like sometimes when you get like a power up in a game and you just, you start flying, like just kind of in a, in a straight horizontal line. So it's an audible Naruto run is what you're saying. Sure. That works. Maybe maybe a maybe a Dragon Ball Z. The nerd is is seeping out here. So okay, so you get a power up and you're but why why do you keep coming back to a video game here? What about a video game? I wasn't gonna get to it right away. I thought we were gonna talk about the song a little bit more. Well let's talk about the song and then you can allude to why well, you're no, no, such... no, no, no. It's 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 fine. It's fine. We'll we'll cover the video game aspect of this. And and honestly, like it my my video game connection had had nothing to do with that because the video game that and I put video game in quotes here that accompanies this song. So yeah, my I mean my connection to the video game there really didn't didn't tie into how this song ties into a video game, but it was more just kind of how my brain was thinking in the moment because the video game that accompanies this track is a lot more weird and static. The song as is written by the band, Nothing Without You as you can kind of get from the title, this song kind of dives into dependency and whether that's from a good place or a bad place. Sometimes you need to be dependent on someone to be a better person, but you also probably should be able to be someone all on your own. That's my PSA for, for this episode. But the band kind of took this this idea of you know aspects of dependency or codependency or whatever and created a, this website and well, We'll put the link in in the show notes, but took this idea of that dependency to Jesse Jacobs and Vagabond Dog and basically created, I want to call it an online Tamagotchi. Like it's, it's this, <laughs> it's this creature in a box. He's a little fuzzy. He looks a little weird and you can feed him and you can pet him. You can electrocute him. He'll throw up and then you have to clean the screen. Like it's, it's just, it's <laughs> It's so confusing to me. And the song plays like in in the background during the entire time, but it all kind of fits. And unfortunately now, and I, and I urge people like, take a minute, go play this game and then listen to the song. You can't unsee anything on that screen after when you're, whenever you're listening to this song now. So according to Clay, nothing without you, the vomit covered screen of music. It, I'm just joking, but it it is this guitar with teeth and an explosive introduction to, for those who may be new to the Cloud Nothings, uh, or to Cloud Nothings, or a booster for those who have been loving their sound for years. It, it's it's just, I, I now I can't shake your reference to getting a power up and just flying across the screen. It's It ties in so well with what this song is. Well, it definitely ties in a lot better, or I should say that's a much... It's a much better visualization than, you know, my belabored uh, Tamagotchi. Like it's electrocuted vomiting Tamagotchi. Yeah. Like for millennials, those were little pets that you used to carry around on a keychain and you'd <laughs> No, but I, I just I love I love the visual of just kind of like being a, being in warp speed and flying through through different Cleveland? areas. Oh. In Cleveland even. Yeah, that would that would be great. Um, just Warp Speed, Cleveland. Just just put it on a Google Street View and hit turbo. Right now you want 
joke about the Tamagotchi, the video game aspect of this. But th there's one piece to this song, and, and Cloud Nothings is something... It's, it's a rock sound that I've been listening to for a long time myself, but kind of personally not in the nanobot sense. And um, the one thing in this track that I can't shake that just took the song from awesome to do your best Keanu Reeves impression here, but whoa, like there's, there's this moment and it's, it's that post-punk rock style that arcs into this breakdown where the Ohms, uh, Macy Stewart, her vocals just slice into the chorus and it's met with this grinding guitar and the way that her vocals and that guitar, like it drops the guitar and then soars on her vocals and creates this light speed through Cleveland path break, if you will, with this, this just void in between them, but they're complementing each other. That pairing is just fantastic. And it, it takes nothing without you to a whole nother level for me. So we got a power up and now we've leveled up. We're not going to shake the video game analogy here. It's, no, now we're it's not. ingrained in this. No, of course not. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you brought up uh, Stuart's vocals because this song would be nothing without them. And like, that's no, that's no. I see what you did. <laughs> <laughs> it took a second. I got it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I get it. Um, you know, sometimes you need a little Chicago in your Cleveland. And that's, it's no, it's no, like, that's not to detract from what Dylan Baldy is doing in the song at all. Like, I mean, he's, he's able to hold his own. I mean, you know, Cloud Nothings are a, this wonderful standalone product, but. Oh, yeah. Just the way that her vocals complement this is so, is so perfect. Well, and I love the way that they, it's, it's not just throwing her vocals in, it's severing the pace to totally just take a side route real quick at the chorus and then come right back in. So it's not, it's not like they just dump her into this, this aggressive yeah. jaunt that they've got going. It, it truly shifts the nature of the song and that alone, I mean, it's not just rock and, and it's, there's so much more intricacy to just this grinding rock guitar with teeth sound that they achieve so well, but it, it's a whole nother level of musicianship to have that knowledge and ability to just go, wait a minute, click, drop, her vocals click back, swing into the, the song again. And that pairing to me, it was just a, a, a stroke of Cleveland brilliance. I'm just going to keep saying Cleveland. I think, I think you nailed it. You, uh, you slayed the final boss. Do, 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 do. Your princess is not in another castle. Yay! I was about to use the same line, but that's all right. So good job. Shadow, I remember, will be out on February 26th. In the meantime... You have nothing without you, and you have a needy Tamagotchi, so go check it out. Clay, before we get going on the last track of the 
last episode of the February mixtape. I am last obligated. episode of season two. That too. And the 10th anniversary episode of Nanobot Rock. I am obligated by birth to give a Go Beavs shout out. Um, I also uh, wanted to bring up the fact that this is a band that just recently signed a new record deal. So let's start with the congratulations to them. Yeah. Out of Eugene, Oregon. That's where... That's Go Beavs. That's... Oh, I hate you so much right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> completely just ruined my train of thought. Out of Eugene, Oregon, comes a quad, quad, quadro, 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 quadro phonetic. <laughs> I'm like, it's a, like, what's a, tr- what's a four, like, it's a trio, four but piece. it's, but it's four people. Trio plus one. Yeah. <laughs> Comes the trio <laughs> plus one. Thank you. Uh, I don't know who the, uh, who the, who the plus one is. I mean, usually in those, in these cases, it would be the bassist. See, if it was an Oregon state, you know, Corvallis band, then, um, they'd probably have it all worked out and they would be able to tell you, but in Eugene, it's a little more difficult. Well, I've got like some deep seated anti yeah, we are, anger. We are, uh, we are unpacking okay, a lot with Greg right now. Um, That's right. These guys don't get $1.6 million jerseys designed by Nike. So we're talking about their music. Go ahead. Signed by Edge Out Records is the Quattro from Eugene, Oregon, Blueforia. And right now we are talking about their song, Conscientious Debauchery. <laughs> a quintet who left their trombone player at home when i heard pop this rock trio alternative plus- band <laughs> shut up <laughs> when i heard pop rock alternative band with psychedelic and southern rock my mind immediately went to eugene oregon they can't see me shaking my head right now this trio and plus I, one <laughs> this trio plus one from the southern end of the i5 corridor in the great state of oregon I, I, I'm going to get serious. I know we're joking around a lot here, but the, the moment of the psycho killer opening the doom, 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 doom. Yeah. I was waiting for the, I, I you know, for that intro. Qu'est-ce it, I'm not going to do it. I won't, I won't take the bait. It drops into an almost live set echoing presence, nodding to, I, I, I can't shake it, but there's a Benny and the Jets vibe here. It's like so subtle, but somehow my mind goes to Benny and the Jets with this. But it's, it it's that it's that it's that thump thump bass that you talked about with that, and then the guitar kind of does that chop, 
that that offbeat chop. I yeah, I I totally that, get it. That's got to be what it is. But it it shapes this undeterred world that I can't like. I I I love a blue foria sound. Like I, off off recording, I I'd asked you where the heck did you find this? Because all of a sudden I am I am just gravitating to this this sound that is it's it's slightly psychedelic there's maybe some hints of southern rock it's i don't know if i'd go pop rock alt band maybe but there's just this holy live presence that makes me feel like i want to see this live i'm i feel like i'm experiencing it live while i'm listening to it but at the same time it's it's a really refreshing and bleeding honesty type sound for me To the end of the house, you tell me nothing's going on. You wanna have some? My friends are from weird houses, bottle caps, landfills, and why? I'm still What struck me about this is, and I, I know we've kind of had this conversation about all things end by RTO kind of comes to mind about like, you don't want to dwell on the, oh my God, look how young these guys are. But this trio plus one of Rain Lafreniere uh, on vocals, who is only 21 years old, Dakota North on rhythm guitar, who is only 18 years old, Rex Wolf on bass, 19 years old, and Ben in quotes, rig, Norman on drums being 20. What struck me the most about the song and why I wanted to include it is not just because I thought, oh, we're going to love this, this, this psych rock sound that's, you know, influenced by bands like the Beatles or the Rolling Stone or the Arctic Monkeys. Like, that's not where I'm going with this. Like, to me, what it was, was it's those little, those little, little choices that this band makes and talking about that that kind of psycho killers or Benny and the Jets opening to when they get into the chorus and the guitar riff just kind of starts going up in pitch as as they go along and all these little things like this band made incredibly brilliant and mature choices in everything that they did in this song that when I listen to it I I, I hear a band that is seasoned well beyond their years. It's interesting that you you. Well, it's not interesting that you've talked about it. I mean, it's worth talking about, but it's interesting to to, to put together how young they are to how seasoned and, and mature their choices are, because it really does feel like these are a group of, and I'm sorry, it's just because I'm older than you, I'm not trying to put you down, kids that really grew up just listening to like those deep cut Credence albums and, and like deep cut talking heads and not listening for the cynicism or Californians trying to be Bayou musicians, but for the feeling that they achieve with the style that they create. And it became a part of who they are. And it's, and it, 
are they mature decisions? Yes, but they feel less like decisions and more just natural to who these musicians are with the way that conscientious debauchery plays out. It just feels, and maybe it's that live sensibility that it, that it, I tacked onto this, that it, it just feels like it, it's thriving in this simplified, almost live vibe that I keep talking about that feels incredibly intimate, but it's it's that like, late in the show come down that you you get in a set like this song would be toward the end of the set and it blends both blues psych rock it, and it just emanates honesty and conviction with their sound and style that it feels so natural it doesn't feel like they are just meticulously piecing together all of these influences the arctic monkeys the beatles the stones whatever you whoever you want to throw in there it just feels like they were brought up in a world where that was an everyday sound. So it's only natural for them to play to it. And they're playing to it in a way that is their own. And uh, one more thing I wanted to throw out about it as well is that there's a very Phil McGill style of vocal delivery at times that I also really loved. And for those who may not know who Phil McGill is, he's the, the lead singer of New Madrid. And so when I listen to this and I'm thinking of that late show song in a set with Phil McGill vocal deliveries. It just made me happy because we've talked about New Madrid sets here before on the mixtape. And it's, it just, it transported me to sitting in a venue, listening to this played out live and just soaking in every downstroke of the guitar, every beat on the drums and every lyric that's coming out. I wanted to soak in even more of this. So I am, I'm wholly on board. Well, and it feels weird to say that, uh, a band from Eugene would have more soul than a band from Athens, Georgia. But like, I, I get some of that Phil McGill, but again, just like some of the little, I just keep saying the word choices, but because yeah, it's everything is inherent in what they're doing because of, of their influences, but just their ability to just pull some of that stuff off. Like <clears throat> there's a moment towards the, towards the end of the song where, you know, Lafreniere just kind of throws out this little wah and it's just like i can't even do it justice but it's just these these little subtle things that that they just sprinkle in that just really just take this song from good to great in my mind and i think that that's the the natural tendency of making the music that they want to make that that does that because those are the kind of things that feel incredibly forced if you're trying to purposefully put them in there not just kind of going with the flow and this song goes with the flow so go check out Blueforia's Conscientious Debauchery. And I, I'm, I know that I speak for myself and Clay when I say that I am eager to hear even more from these guys. The world is spinning out So far out of control
Thank you for, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to dive into the usual ending. I'm going to say thank you for supporting Nanobot Rock for 10 years. Whether you've just recently discovered Nanobot Rock through our mixtape, through the website, through whatever it may be from a friend who told you about it or an artist that you discovered. Um, we hope that you discover lots and that's why we're here. We want to, we, we're all about musical discovery and we appreciate you spending your time with us, not just on the mixtape, but uh, every time that you've taken a look at what we had to say over the last 10 years or heard what we had to say. And uh, we're looking forward to many, many more years after this. So thank you very much. Keep listening to and supporting local and independent music and until next time on the Nanobot Mixtape, uh, just, I know I've said it before, but thank you very much. Well, and I just want to say thank you to Greg uh, for 10 years of hard work on this website. Uh, and thank you, Clay. For putting up with uh, my my nonsense for the last 10 years. But also just, you know, we've we've changed up our formats a few times and, you know, come up with different ideas, gone through spells of different writers and i know i've taken my fair share of time off from the website and i just appreciate that like it this site could have easily died on the vine years ago if if it weren't for greg's constant commitment to making sure that the those local and independent bands that are out there are treated the way that they're supposed to be treated and getting the press that they deserve so i really appreciate your commitment to making sure that the mission of nanobot kept going and that we were able to get to this point where we're now talking on an almost weekly basis uh, about music and sharing music and i know this is a format that we've tried to make work before and i'm glad that this is this is taking off and um i appreciate your energy and enthusiasm and ability to connect with bands in a way that i couldn't even dream of doing so um my hat is off to you, sir, for the last 10 years. So thank you. Well, thank you, sir, because it's it's definitely not just me. It's it's both of us. And and the the inspiration and the just education on so, so, so many things that you've given me is uh, just invaluable. And uh, we've got an amazing friendship out of it as well. Um, we aren't just here to just talk about music. We are really good friends as well. Um, that's no lie. At least I'm, I'm a really good friend to Clay. Uh, <laughs> I tolerate Greg most days. <laughs> most days I could stomach an hour of speaking with him. No, it's, uh, it's, it's a passion that, um, it oddly enough has almost become a, a part of life for, uh, for me. And, um, and I, and I love doing it and I love music. I mean, I've always loved music and I know that you love music and you're passionate about it as well. So we're going to keep at it. And as always, you can find us places, just type in nanobot rock. You'll find us, send, send us your stuff. We'll, we'll, <laughs> We'll check it out. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. <laughs> Nothing makes a podcast go better than amyl nitrate. <laughs> amyl nitrate? Amyl. <laughs>